5,000 to 1 is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. By downloading the Bet365 app, you can access both pre-match and in-play markets, along with instant match updates for all games. The Bet365 Bet Builder also allows you to make personalised bets via the app, so you can bet on multiple scenarios and create your own bet with unique odds right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me, well, not physically joining me this week for obvious reasons, but still through the power and the majesty of technology is former Leicester City captain uh, Matt Elliott. How are you, Matt? Yeah, not too bad, Rob. I'm with you in spirit, mate, as always, as is always the case. Good to hear you, mate. Um, obviously, it's difficult times for the game, but uh, it's still a busy time for Leicester City. Um, I've done a piece this morning, it's uh, published on the Athletic website, um, what's been going on at Leicester City. You might be surprised that there have been lots of activity down there in terms of uh, they've completely relayed the pitch. They normally do this every um, summer at the end of the season. They kill off the old grass and re it all. But they decided with this window of opportunity, they weren't going to get... Uh, that ch- that chance in the summer because we don't know they might be playing back to back seasons the way we're going, but they've relayed the pitch. They've put something like nine tons of sand down. Also, just to update you all on the what they're doing with the uh, players, the players have all uh, been given their own personal training programs. They're all um, training at home. They're all in isolation. The club are still keeping uh, tabs on them. They've got GPS vests that they're running around in their back gardens and and ha- what have you. And I know Jamie Vardy's been. Uh, uh, doing bits and bobs in his uh, own grounds of his uh, rather large estate, and uh, they're all being monitored by the um, fitness guys and the uh, the health gurus who've been making sure they uh, they do all the work. So they should be in sort of relatively decent shape by the time we hope football returns in the next couple of months. Not ideal, is it, Matt? Really, but uh, I suppose you just got to tick along. Not ideal at all, but uh, very little is at the moment, Rob, isn't it? Unfortunately, it's such of the times. Um, you know, just group together, uh, whether it's on a football front or socially, just you know, dig in, be disciplined and everyone get on with things as best they can and make, make the best job of it possible. Uh, I'm sure the, the football lads will be doing just that, won't they? Uh, GPS vest instantaneously reminds me of Ian Marshall, my old, old teammate. <laughs> yeah, I uh, thought that as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we mentioned that earlier in a previous podcast, didn't we, when he... He strapped it to his dog and ran him round the garden instead of himself while he was laying up watching telly. <laughs> I, I'm hoping and, and assuming that the lads are a little bit more professional these days and there won't be such instances. But uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, exactly what the, what the boys are doing individually because, you know, yes, they'll have the programmes, but I'm sure they'll come up with their quirky individual little routines as well. But, um, well, I've what am I on about? Jamie Vardy's been doing uh, the caterpillar <laughs> role to maintain his flexibility and a certain young aspiring journalist has uh, attempted to emulate it. And what an attempt Not it was so for you, young. Rob. 
Oh no, not so young and not so athletic as the video shows. Yeah, Jamie, we've already challenged some of the journalists to do his Monday challenge, which was to do the caterpillar or the worm, whatever it is. Mine was more like the slug, unfortunately, just uh, <laughs> meandering across the grass whilst the dog attacked me. But um, uh, some of the other lads from the athletic had a go as well. I was impressed with Stu James with the uh, keepy ups with the toilet roll and the volley in his back garden. I don't know if you saw that one, Matt. I haven't seen that one yet. No, I'll keep it. Oh, check that out. Stu James, yeah, still got it. Still got it. Never left him. Swindon Town ex-player. And he's still got a, a, that, that magic touch. And our own Laurie Whitwell as well had a go at the, uh, the worm. He's much, was much more impressive than my very own. Well, your, your reports and your descriptions, Rob, are, are usually spot on. And slug, <laughs> I have to agree yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Except for the trial. <laughs> I didn't leave a trial. Um, <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> but it must be different uh, for the players as well, because all in Individually, they're all got different scenarios. I mean, it's great for Jamie. He's got his nice house. He's got his family around with him, and he's got his like his three G sort of pitch out the back uh, where he's got plenty of space to train. But those lads that are on their own, and the foreign lads that have come over and they're staying here, they can't go back to see their families because they're in isolation and stuff. And they haven't got the space. They're in rented properties or in flats. Uh, it must be more difficult for them to keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It's uh, each case is a, a different scenario, isn't it? You know, different eventualities and predicaments are. Are thrown up, and as you say, coming up, coming to a foreign country anyway, it's not always that easy. Although majority of the players have been here for a, a little while now, but yeah, they live in different circumstances, don't they? And uh, as you say, you know, having family and loved ones back home must be heart wrenching at the moment, really. And, uh, and you know, as it is for the general public over here as well, because you know, frustratingly, you're not, uh, you know, not allowed to go and see. You know, people who are closest to you sometimes if you're not living with them etc and it's uh you know it can be a bit of a nightmare and uh, it's just as it's just a scenario isn't it that no one could foresee and everyone's been thrown no. into the mix and some will deal with it better than others but i think i'm right in saying absolutely everyone involved will take a massive sigh of relief hopefully in the not too distant future when it's all resolved and some sort of normality can be resume because it's it's just a testing time but you know it's a time for people to sort of show their their character really um you know for everyone everyone to muck in together help each other out as individuals as well as groups and families and uh Hopefully everyone will come through it stronger. Well, Leicester City are certainly playing their part as well in the community. Um, they've got staff from the community team that have been out helping uh, stack shelves in local shops and supermarkets as well. And they've given up the whole car park at the King Pass Stadium to the NHS workers as well who are on the front line as well. So um, the football club certainly playing its role in the community as it always has done, hasn't it, Matt, really? I mean, even back in your day playing down there, the club's always been involved in the community. Yeah, I was going to say, no, no surprise there, really, Rob. Um, as you say, even in my time, you know, quite a heavy presence in the community. Um, and even more so as, as time has rolled by. I mean, me, myself and a few of the other lads, Walshie, Tags and Matt Piper, amongst others, uh, the club all send us out into community projects, whether it be feeding the homeless as it was at Christmas and into prisons, tra- taking training sessions and helping with programmes there. Unfortunately, some events have been cancelled this week. We were due to do the Leicester City uh, Gay Pride quiz night last Friday. <laughs> were you the quiz master? Yeah, I, th- I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> that would have been fun, <laughs> but um, that didn't quite materialise. But yeah, Leicester always heavily involved in the community uh, with all different projects and uh, 
no surprise that they're right at the forefront as usual. Thanks to our good pals at Beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash 5000 and pay the postage of just £4.95. And, as if that wasn't enough, as a listener to 5000 to 1, you'll get two extra free beers. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They travel the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the very best craft breweries. They're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time, so the power is in your hands. Your case will also include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment and a beery snack is thrown in too. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash 5000 to get your free beer. And don't forget right now, listeners, to 5000 to 1, get two extra free beers well the spectre for football clubs at the moment is um, you know the finances and the problems with this going on I mean I spoke to a few people in the game yesterday were saying that they don't think they're going to be back um, and in training until June and might the earliest is going to be playing again in July so obviously that causes problems and we've already got a couple of stories on the athletic website about Leeds and Birmingham City who are already looking at um, asking the players to take wage cuts for now temporary ones and they'll be reimbursed when the action starts again and they've got that match day revenue. It's slightly different, isn't it, for the Premier League clubs that are a bit more cash-rich from the uh, big TV deals. But uh, you've been in that predicament yourself, Matt, haven't you, when the club was in administration uh, and you guys had to uh, agree to take a pay cut to keep the club going and support the non-playing staff. What was that like? Yeah, it was, well, instantly it brought back memories from those times when the club were in administration. We'd just been relegated. So, you know, it was... A, a dark time at the club and there was a genuine threat of uh, the club going under you know it, it was that extreme and uh, there were real concerns so as players you know we were happy to do our bit um although <laughs> at the same time you wanted to look after your own situation as best you could so we're trying to find a balance basically um which we did i think we took a 30 percent deferral of wages uh, which was dependable on whether or not we got promoted the following season uh, whether we recouped that money back um, and we did thankfully we got promoted the following season um, up back up to the Premier League so everything was straightened out and the club was able to breathe a little bit and get back on an even financial keel uh, what didn't help was the fact we got relegated the season afterwards but the club were more prepared this time and less Revenue had been expended in terms of wages and signings of players, despite the fact that a number of players came into the club of quite a you know vast experience and a good reputation. But uh, oh, yeah, that was a, that was a dark time. You know, it, it was very sad because a lot of people lost their their jobs at the club, not from the playing squad, not from the playing staff um, or the backroom staff. Sorry, but everyday jobs, and that that, that was sad to see because we were. We were close to quite a few of those people as well, um, irrespective of whether you knew them or not. It was, you know, it was really disappointing um, in a sad time to see people actually lose jobs. So it, it can happen. You know, no one could have foreseen this situation. Everyone thinks that the mega rich Premier League football clubs, you know, haven't got situations to deal with. They're sort of impenetrable. But it, even even the higher mighty uh, need to be careful. Um, and need to deal with the situation that's been thrust upon them. But um, I'm sure that will be assessed 
as the days go by. Um, but I'm not surprised to hear that there are there are murmurings or rumours or suggestions that some players need to take a temporary pay cut, particularly for those clubs outside the Premier. Well, let's hope it doesn't uh, come to that for um, many of the staff. And uh, you know, when we get through this, everybody's in uh, still in a decent shape to uh, to pick up where we left off. So come on, Matt. Everybody's bored. They're stuck at home. They can't go out, or they can only go for one walk a day. And my dogs are feeling that. But uh, let's have a bit of fun. You're stuck in isolation. You've had some colourful characters as teammates over the years. Um, <laughs> let's, 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 let's pick the best ones for each category that you'd be uh, stuck in isolation with. First of all, the best company. Who, who was the best company you you wouldn't mind spending 12 weeks behind closed doors with? Oh, all round. Um, listen, I, I liked pretty much all the lads back in that, that day. I'm not sure I want to spend 12 weeks in isolation with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't the prettiest bunch in the world. <laughs> I suppose I'd have to go all round. My big Irish mate. No, oh, no surprise to you, Rob, probably. Um, Jerry Taggart. I, I roomed with a number of the lads, like Marshy, Ian Walker, and Steve Walsh, Neil Lennon, Guppy, Muzzy, Tim Flowers, even Frank Sinclair I had a stint with, which... Uh, I'll tell you about in a minute, maybe. But um, <laughs> <laughs> as you can imagine, that was pretty lively. But I think Tag's all round because, similar to me, he likes to sleep, which is always handy to pass time on the right occasion. Um, we have a good chat and a good laugh. He can cook, which I think is going to be one of your questions in a minute anyway. Oh, yes, it he, is, yeah. He, he fancies himself as a bit of a chef extraordinaire. We like to partake in a few beverages together, as and when the time fits. <laughs> so, you know, there's a good little mix there. As well as that, he's one of the tightest men I know as well. So we'd save on the old finances over a period of time. And um, if any burglars or anyone was to come knocking at the door, Tags would be your man, wouldn't they? <laughs> well, I understand you continue to be his roommate, didn't you, when we had a little trip to Stockholm in the last couple of years. And you, cause you, you, uh, you forgot where your hotel was, is that right? No, do you know what that one was? It was, uh, I think you're on about Seville, aren't you? Oh, is it Seville? Because <laughs> he told you about that one, Tags. Because Yeah, you ended up having to share a bed again. Yeah, we ended up rooming together. But I think we agreed that we were going to stay in, in a room together because we'd ended up staying a bit late, which is usually the case, staying out a bit late. <laughs> but I can't remember the name of the hotel, but... <laughs> We, we were out in a bar area and we said to the taxi driver, drop us at such and such hotel, okay? It was like the, even though we were in Spain, it was like Le, Le Petit Maison, something like that. So he dropped us there and it was called that name, but it wasn't our hotel. And we're like, what's going on here? <laughs> and didn't quite, so we're looking at scratching our heads and then we managed to get the Google out, etc., and the, the sat nav and it turns out there's another one. We're driving around for about, 35 minutes in the middle of Seville and we put up outside this hotel and that's not our hotel either. And it turns out there's about four of these hotels in the, in the city. So we're driving around for about four hours, ended up picking a couple of Leicester supporters up on the way, a couple of random people that we sort of half knew indirectly. Uh, the night dragged on. We had about four hours extra just wandering the streets of Seville one way or another. Eventually got there, um, tucked up in bed together and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a strange evening. I'd forgotten about that till you mentioned it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we uh, me and Tags are still like best mates from back in those days, and and to this very day, really. That he, he phoned me, bless him, the other day, checking I was all right, keeping an eye on me. 
<laughs> yeah, he can't get out on the golf course these days, so he's, got, he's probably going to drive him mad. So who would drive you mad then, Matt? Who would be the worst case scenario? Oh, well, in some ways, he rivals tags for being the best. But I think any more than a week, I'd be pulling the hair out that I haven't got, mate. And, and again, he's an Irishman, and I had the pleasure or displeasure of uh, sharing a room with him on a number of occasions toward the end of my Leicester City career. That would be the one and only Keith Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away, he's, he, he emanates, like he starts off a little giggle to me, just thinking of Keith. Um, we don't speak to each other that often these days, but when we do, we have a good catch-up and a giggle. But as most people know, he's a proper character, Keith, <laughs> but he's an absolute nightmare to be cooped up in a room with. Uh, I mean, for instance, he doesn't sleep hardly. He, you know, probably three, four hours a night on average, but he, he's up and about and he's always twitching around and he, he doesn't really eat. That's the one bonus because I used to go <laughs> yeah, down. more for you. Yeah, exactly. He worked out perfectly because I can munch. <laughs> you know, I shove the food down me, but I used to uh, go down and, and to pre-match and evening meals, etc., and tell everyone that I was taking Keith's food back up to the room, which I was. I'd eat mine, take his up, but he didn't want to eat it, so I just carried on eating his. I'd have like a second dinner about <laughs> half hour later by the time I got back to the room. So, yeah, I was quite grateful. It worked well. We were a good mix, a good blend. But but Keith would, um, for he liked to bet, as most people know. Uh, and we, we used to room together um, on a few occasions to the extent that I actually ended up knowing the end of his betting account. Because uh, he used to phone, he'd phone up and go, I. Six four seven eight nine, and then he go Maddie, and I go nine eight five two three, whatever the number was, and he go All right, Gillespie. It would be testing times with Keith, that's for sure. Especially when there's no racing on. <laughs> well, well, exactly, yeah, yeah. There's well, nothing to bet, on. to bet on. He finds something to bet on. Don't worry about that. He had a relationship with Alan Court, the assistant manager, who also liked to bet, and um, but Mickey Adams was aware of their connection. And he banned them from seeing each other. <laughs> so are we going to go with Jerry for the best cook, the person that's going to keep your belly full? Because I know that's yeah, a big thing for you. Yeah, we've got to really. Cause you can imagine most of the, the lads were used to getting spoiled and pampered, aren't they? You know, we, we're going around at hotels, etc. And our wives and girlfriends would you know, do their bit generally. I don't think footballers are the best cooks in the world. And that might have changed these days, to be fair, because the, you know, the, the cuisine and the diet has improved, hasn't it? And they're probably a little bit more specified these days. But uh, not too many lads from memory were chefs extraordinaire. But Tags is the one. As long as there's a glass of wine involved on the side, Tags is your man. He, he comes up with a few concoctions. You know, Rick Steen-esque is. Fantastic. Who was the laziest? Oh, I think, unfortunately, I might be in that bracket, Rob. <laughs> I was You're going to pick yourself? <laughs> well, I might have to. I think the others would pick me. This athletic podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic.
Fill in a style quiz and tell us about your personal style, budget, size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing, each handpicked especially for you from our selection of 100 brands, including established names and up-and-coming designers. Try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe. You can then pay for what you love and send back the rest. For your stylist time, you pay a charge of just £10, which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try before you buy. Delivery and returns are free both ways, and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic right now. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co dot uk forward slash athletic probably ian marshall you would imagine you know like his scruffy appearance on the pitch etc but he's not too bad off it you know he looks after himself and his, his surroundings um i have a tendency i can stay in bed for as long as you like if i'm tired enough <laughs> um and i always leave it to the last minute for instance i remember being in athens in pre-season once and uh muzzy i was with muzzy and it, he used to moan come on mate Tidy the room up. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a bit, I'm doing a bit. But then we ended up going out. Theo Zagarakis took us on a late night out, and it ended up a really late night in so much as we were um, travelling back to England about half past seven the next morning. But I didn't get in till quarter past seven. <laughs> so I was scrambling around in a reception at the hotel thinking, oh, no, I've got to pack my bags, pack my bags. Muzzy walked past me with my suitcase, muttering away and tutted and looked at me in disdain and said, don't worry, Elliot, I've packed your bags again. So uh, <laughs> he, he did me a favour there, Muzzy. I just stumbled straight onto the coach, had a sleep, and before I knew it, it was back in England. But, um, yeah, I wasn't the most conscientious in looking after the room, so I'll stick my hand up myself for that one, Rob. Well, I was going to ask you then, who was the tidiest and who was the untidiest roommate you've had? Right. Well, that untidy. I, I, like I say, I, I'm in that bracket for sure. Tidiest, Steve Walsh, probably. Walshy. Really? Uh, a few of the lads. Yeah. Yeah, Walsh used to look after himself. Well, not that he doesn't now, but look after himself generally um, in terms of appearance. He was always smart. He was always slick. You know, even in fancy dress at Christmas, he, he went as a cowboy Right, dressed all in black, but just took his little uh, neck top. I don't know what they're called. You know the things that the cowboys, like a buck yeah. on the neck. That's where he went, as a cowboy. And then come six o'clock, when it was time to go out, he just took the neck piece off and looked like normal, all in black, which is what he wore every time he went out anyway. So she <laughs> was a bit of a slick rick, um, but he was like that in the rooms as well. You know, he'd, he'd look after his room, keep everything tidy and precise. Um, you know, just how he likes it. So me and him roaming together, it was a bit of a culture clash at times. But, the odd um, couple. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But we used to, uh, we used to get by because we got on well as personalities anyway. Good, good. Who was the funniest? Oh, well, the, probably the, the, the man who, who gets the uh, the tag of, of being the joker in the pack more often than not was uh, was Gary Parker. Although I'd, I don't remember rooming with him uh, too often, if, if at all, but... We was in and around the hotel with him. There's always something happening in parks. You know, he was throwing something, cutting something, hiding something. But uh, I think that might have worn a little bit thin if I was rooming with him over a period of time. But he was, 
Yeah, he was a good laugh, a good character. But uh, I suppose I've got to go back to Keith Gillespie, really. Yeah, he, he was good company, good company, Keith Gillespie. And we always found adventure one way or another. <laughs> who was the opposite? Who, who couldn't raise a smile? Oh, that's got to be Marshy, hasn't it? <laughs> that's got to be, yeah. Grumbleweed, isn't it, Marshy? He's uh, bitter against the world, that man, from a young age. But uh, only in a dry sense of humour way. Like, he, he's actually a funny, funny fella, Marsh. And uh, most people that know him would say the same. But at the same time, it can be a miserable old toad at times as well. <laughs> well, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands, aren't you? You're going to have a lot of time in your hands. So you're going to play a few board games and stuff like that. Who would be the most competitive? Yeah, oh, that's a difficult one, really. I mean, I don't remember too many board games in truth being played. Uh, there were a lot of games. As much as anything, it was card games back then. You know, if I'm honest, it was they played cards a little bit more than they should have, the boys. And for yeah. higher stakes than they should have, but it, you know, it never really became an issue. Although it, it needed addressing uh, at some stage, because the boys were betting on the way to games, you know, actual, not just travelling up on a Friday. Um, actually, from the hotel to the game, and Martin became aware. Martin O'Neill became aware of it and knocked it on the head, um, rightly so as well. You know, because we know we can have an effect. But it's hard to pick anyone out as the most competitive, I think, because they were all so intense. I didn't really get involved. Like I said, I didn't gamble much, didn't play cards that much. Used to join in on the odd occasion. But there was a hardcore of Ian Marshall, Tony Cotley, Gary Parker, Walshy, um, Stan Collymore when he came to the club. Stan got involved. One or two others, even John Robertson and Steve Wolford used to get involved um, to pass, well, to pass time at the hotel or et cetera, but it was all competitive. There were quite a few heated arguments stroke bordering on dust-ups <laughs> between between all of them, really. And Ian Marshall in particular would take great delight in taking money off John Robertson and sending him packing <laughs> to the front of the coach. <laughs> Brilliant, Matt. That's fantastic. Um, we'll let you go and you can go back to sleep now. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll go and make a mess upstairs and fall asleep in the middle of it, yeah? <laughs> Just like the old days, eh? <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us all. Thank you very much, Matt. And um, thank you very much again, Dill. There's lots of stories. That's the city stories. We're going to keep the uh, the stories coming thick and fast during this difficult time. And uh, join us again next week for another edition of 5000 to 1.